Thank you very much, Dev, for that wonderful introduction. And thank you, everybody, for attending today's training, where we'll be looking at the public single-cell RNA-seq data in Kaijin's Omicsoft and how we can leverage ingenuity pathway analysis to expand on our data analysis. So before we begin, the Kaijin products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications, and these products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. So from the pre-meeting poll, I can see that many of you have used Omicsoft in the past, but there is a lot of people in the audience who have not yet uh, used Omicsoft. So we're going to do a brief introduction to the Omicsoft single cell land and the Omicsoft studio in general. Then we'll be looking at public single cell data sets, how to leverage those data sets, and then leveraging ingenuity pathway analysis. Again, from the pre-meeting poll, many of you have used ingenuity pathway analysis to do data analytics. But for those of you who have not, we'll be definitely going over that software and looking at some of the functionalities within our software. For those of you who have access to Omicsoft, I have provided step-by-step -step slides to produce some of the views that we're going to be generating from Omicsoft. So once the slideshow has been pasted in the chat box, feel free to download the slideshow, click on the step-by-step -step slides, and you'll be able to reproduce some of the views that we will be generating today. We try to keep these webinars interactive. So we will be launching polls throughout today's webinar. Thank you to everybody who has participated in the pre-meeting poll. Uh, we will be launching additional ones throughout the webinar. If you have any questions during the talk, please feel free to use the Q&A box in your Zoom control bar. That way it will keep us uh, organized in answering the questions, as well as uh, allowing attendees to see all of the questions that have been asked uh, during today's training. Once again, on the call today, we have Araceli, Dev, who are my colleagues and fellow field application scientists. We also have Brittany on our account management team, who's more than happy to help you with any licensing questions you may have. Again, the number one or the number two uh, most popular question is how can we uh, access the recordings from today's training? Feel free to click on the Zoom registration link after the Zoom meeting is over. Give it a couple of hours. You'll be able to re-register for the video and be able to watch the video on demand. The last thing is the raise hand button. Again, we try to keep these trainings and webinars interactive. So from time to time, I may be ask you, uh, asking you to press that raise hand button. So if you could go ahead and press that raise hand button for me, just so that I know that everybody is ready to go, everybody has uh, can listen, to, uh, hear me, and see the slideshow, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much for those of you who have been able to locate that raise hand button and keeping the webinar interactive. So let's uh, let's begin. So what are some of the views that we'll be able to generate today in the Omicsoft public single cell land? Some of the views include the distribution of cell types between Alzheimer's disease patients and normal control in a particular data set. 
once we've located a uh, data set of interest, we can generate a TSNI plot for the data set and overlay different metadata on the plot. So in this case, we can overlay information associated with the different cell types on the left here. We can also overlay whether a particular cell is coming from Alzheimer's patient or from normal control. This can be accomplished because of the curated metadata that the team of scientists here at Kaijin have diligently recorded for these data sets. Once you've identified a gene of interest, in this case, looking at GFAP, perhaps you're interested in how this gene of interest is expressed across the different cell types, whether that is based on the percentage of cells expressing your gene of interest here on the left, or whether that is at the expression level. So again, here on the left, we can see that for this particular gene of interest, GFAP, there is an increase in the number of astrocytes expressing this gene. And from this plot, we can see that the majority of the cell types in the hippocampus have an increased expression in the Alzheimer's disease patient samples. On the right here, we can see in the violin plot that more cells are expressing GFAP, so looking at the expression levels here. And note that once again, because of the metadata associated with the data set, we can group these samples and split them between Alzheimer's patients versus normal controls. Finally, we can overlay the gene expression over the TSNI plot and start to explore which cells are expressing our particular gene of interest. So in this case, we can see that there are two populations of astrocytes. So here on the top and here on the bottom here, corresponding to astrocytes that are expressing GFAP. And of course, we can also toggle with that Alzheimer's disease versus normal control metadata to look at are astrocytes expressing high levels of GFAP contributing to Alzheimer's disease? So now that we've shown some of the results that we're going to produce from Omicsoft, I'm going to quickly launch a poll to see are these the types of illustrations and results that you're looking for when you're analyzing public single-cell RNA-seq data? If there are any additional results that you're looking for, please feel free to use the Q&A box. Let us know the types of results that you want to look at with public single-cell data. And Dev and Araceli will be more than happy to help you to see if those results are, uh, are be able to be produced in Omicsoft. So I can see that the majority of you, that yes, indeed, these are the exact uh, results that you're looking for in Omicsoft. Uh, for those of you who are either mostly or no, please feel free to once again use the Q&A box and let us know what are the types of results that you're looking for in single-cell RNA-seq data. So again, from the pre-meeting poll, many of you are new to Omicsoft. So what is Omicsoft? Omicsoft land technology allows users such as yourselves the ability to explore public data sets. So data sets are first selected from public sources, such as TCGA, 
GEO, SRA, and cons cancer consortia. These data are then manually curated by our team of scientists to validate the metadata associated with the data sets. So this process includes performing quality control on the metadata associated with the data sets. Some quality control examples include validating the cell type or the tissue type and checking the type of treatment, dosage, et cetera, for a specific intervention. If there are any discrepancies discovered during the metadata curation process, our team of scientists reach out and contact the authors to resolve these issues. So after validating the metadata, these terms are then converted to controlled vocabulary so that you as the users can easily search for data sets to explore, visualize, interpret, and analyze the data. The data are also reprocessed and reanalyzed using the same pipeline so that data sets can be compared to each other without having to worry about how data sets are processed, whether the normalization would be comparable, or even the alignment algorithms used in between different data sets. This also means that data sets in the omics soft lens also need to pass our QC metric, giving you the end users the confidence in not only the data curated, but also the data processed. So imagine if you're doing this by yourself, downloading the data set from TCGA, GEO, or SRA, then having to process that data, then having to manually curate that data, having to combine those two together so that you can do statistical modeling, comparison generation, post-analysis QC. Omicsoft Lens provides you high-quality data, saving you time, and allowing you to do the thinking behind the data. So here we have a map showing you all of the various different projects related to non-oncological diseases, such as uh, collected under the disease projects. For those of you working with oncology, we also have oncology projects. We also have a section for links, so the library of integrated cellular signature, oncology consortiums such as TCGA, body maps, cell line collection, and today's focus are single cell collection here. So how do we use omics soft lens? So this really depends on where your starting point is for your research. For today's example, we're starting off with a specific disease state, Alzheimer's disease. But for those of you who may already have a target identified, you can use Omicsoft to explore different disease types that may have a gene of interest highly expressed. For those of you looking at drugs, treatments, or compounds, perhaps you want to start off by looking at data sets associated with the particular drugs or treatments to look for gene signatures, or perhaps to look for biomarkers for your drug or for your particular treatment. So Omicsoft lens can be used to answer your questions starting at any of these different points of your uh, research. 
So let's go ahead and jump into OmicSoft. And the first thing that we need to do is we need to evaluate a distribution of cell types across samples and clusters by identifying a particular public single cell data set. For those of you who are following along today, hands-on, we are going to look at this particular data set coming from the Nature Neuroscience Project or a publication, the disease-associated astrocytes in Alzheimer's disease and aging, where this particular group isolated single-cell uh, samples from hippocampi, from wild-type animals, and an Alzheimer's disease uh, model where they generated single-cell RNA-seq. And we're going to look at how these different astrocytes are different in between wild-type versus the disease state. So again, the first thing that we're going to do is evaluate the distribution of cell types across samples. So let's go ahead and jump into OmicSoft. I'm going to exit all of my PowerPoint. And again, for those of you following along, let's go ahead and open up OmicSoft and let's go ahead and hands-on generate the views that we're interested in today. So there are a couple of tabs here on the top here where we can select the function in OmicSoft that we're interested in. For example, we can analyze our own RNA-seq, single-cell RNA-seq, different NGS pipelines. For those of you who may have internal servers, we can access different servers using the server tab. We can also use this browser to look at browser tracks um, for your different views. But for today, for those of you who are following along, let's go ahead and press this land tab here where we're going to explore the single cell RNA-seq data. So again, feel free to press the land tab. The next thing that we need to do after we press this land tab here is we need to select the land that we're interested in. So remember, in OmicSoft, we have different lands that we can access, whether that's land from disease land, oncology consortium, or non-oncological projects. So once you've pressed the land tab, go ahead and press the select land. And this is where you can see that we can access our disease collection, oncology collection, single cell collection, and let me go ahead and scroll back up, our body map for normal samples, and our cell line collection as well. So as you can see, within OmicSoft, you can access public data coming from various different sources, not just for single cell RNA-seq data. So again, let's go ahead and hit the land tab, hit the select land. And for those of you following along, we're going to access the mouse UMI B38GC24. So the reason why we are using the UMI land is because this particular technology, single cell RNA-seq technology, uh, the data has been generated using a UMI technology. So again, land tab, 
select land where we select the collection that we're interested in. And in this case, mouse UMI B38, GC33. So the default view that we're going to see is the number of cell clusters here for the various different conditions. So again, for those of you who are interested in perhaps another disease of interest, we can isolate these cell clusters based on the different disease states. So before we begin, there are a couple of tabs that I would like to uh, highlight. The first one is this select view. Select view is going to change what appears on this chart. So in this case, right now we are looking at the sample compositions or the samples in the single cell land, but we can switch the views based on the things that we're looking at. The second area that I want to focus on, this area has all of your different filters. So by filtering down the samples that you want to look at, you can make the comparisons that you're interested in. The third area that I also like to note is this task button. This task button or the tab allows you to group the samples, change the colors of the chart, change the fonts, etc. So again, select view will change the display of the data. Filters will filter the samples that you want to display on your chart. And then the task tab allows you to change the, um, the display of this chart. So let's go ahead, for those of you following along, let's go ahead and tap on this projects tab here in your filters. Next, let's go ahead and uncollapse the project information. So again, this is all of the metadata that our team of scientists have curated for you. So by expanding on the project information and then expanding on the disease metadata, we can see all of the various disease states that we can filter our data set for. So again, for those of you following along, project tab in your filters, expand on the project information, expand on the disease tab. And then here is where we can isolate samples based on our disease state of interest. So of course, for today's example, we're gonna start off with Alzheimer's disease, but you can choose a disease state of interest for whatever disease that you're looking at. So to isolate Alzheimer's disease, let's go ahead and right click. So right click on the box. And then here we can see that we can check this box only. And by checking this box only, now we have isolated the cells associated with Alzheimer's disease. So of course, remember, we have various different data sets associated with Alzheimer's disease. So the next question a lot of my customers ask is, well, how can I find the descriptions for these different samples? Let's go ahead and select all of these samples. So what I'm doing is I'm clicking and dragging a rectangle box around my samples. And that allows me to select all of these different cell clusters. 
And again, we can view all of these different cell clusters. So again, draw a rectangle around all of these samples. And then the next thing that I want you to do is open up this little tab here on the side. This will allow us to look at all of those various different metadata curated by our team of scientists. So we can look at the metadata associated with the sample, associated with the cluster, associated with the projects, and any additional clinical samples or clinical metadata associated with our samples. So again, to identify the projects that are associated with these single cell samples, let's go ahead and select this project details. And here we can see the project name, accession number, the link to the projects, all of these various different metadata that have been curated by our team of curators. A popular feature that a lot of my customers like to do is to export this to Excel. So by clicking on this export to Excel, we can evaluate all of these various different project details. And then the one that I would like to focus on is this comment where our team of scientists have detailed all of these experimental details for a particular project accession number here. So here we can see all of the different model systems for Alzheimer's disease, how they generated their single cell RNA-seq, any time course, all of these details have all been curated for you to look at and to investigate. So the one that we're interested in today is this GSC 143758. So this has samples from the hippocampus, prefrontal cortex, between the wild type versus the transgenic model of Alzheimer's disease. So again, to get to this metadata, the first thing we do is we draw a rectangle around all of our samples, and we click on this little tab. So click on this little tab to access different levels of metadata that we're interested in. By doing so, we can investigate the project details where we can export this as an Excel, and then we can investigate the various different projects in our single cell RNA-seq land associated with Alzheimer's disease. So again, for today, we're interested in this GSE 143758. So how do we isolate project or cells coming from this particular project? So remember, on the left-hand side here is all of our different filters. And then we can see that there is an accession filter available for us. So the accession filter corresponds to this column. So what we can do is let's go ahead and click on the accession filter. And that's gonna give us a pop-up window where we can select our project of interest. So one four seven eight, or sorry, one four 
28, or no, 143758. Too many numbers in my mind today. So 143758, click on OK. And now we have isolated samples coming from that particular geo accession. So another thing that we can check is how do we know that the filters have been applied? If we look at the red font, that tells us that filters have been applied. So let's uncollapse this accession, uncollapse the disease. We can see that there are filters being applied under the project information filters, one of which is accession, one of which is the disease. So now that we have identified our project of interest, let's go ahead and use that select view button here that we talked about earlier. So again, this will change what type of data is displayed on the chart here. So we can look at samples, perhaps we're interested in the comparisons available, perhaps we're looking at the sample composition, so let's go ahead and click on this sample composition. So again, select a view, sample composition. Now that we see there are actually two different charts here. So what is interesting is that for this particular project, remember going back to our comment section here, there is single nuclei RNA-seq, for hippocampi, as well as the prefrontal cortex. And the way that the authors did this project was that they actually used two different platforms to do the sequencing. And that's why you have two different GPL numbers. So we can actually use this to advantage to filter down for that hippocampi samples. And to check to see that this is indeed a hippocampi samples, Again, we can select these samples, go to the clinical details, and now we can see that the age range between the samples here is consistent with what's described in the comment section. Again, to verify and validate that these indeed are the samples that we're interested in, go ahead and select these bars, click on the clinical details, and then we can look at the age of each individual sample. And I think this highlights the importance and the beauty and the power of the metadata curated by our team of scientists, because you don't have to go through the paper or the geo samples to check what these samples are. You can simply go to the clinical metadata details and quickly search and validate these samples for selection. So again, because we have this unique ID here, we can use that to advantage. And the filter that we're looking for now is going to be under the clusters filter and the cell map unique ID. So by clicking on this filter, we can filter for our sample of interest. So now we have isolated the hippocampi samples between normal control and Alzheimer's disease.
So the last thing that we're going to do is let's go ahead and change the display, right? Because we can see that there are a lot of samples here, but which samples are coming from normal and which samples are coming from the Alzheimer's disease. So to change the display of this chart, remember we can go to this task tab and that allows us to trellis by a row covariate. So again, for those of you following along, going to that task tab allows us to change the display of the chart. So by pressing this trellis, right now it's trellis based on this cell map unique ID, but one of the most popular metadata fields that a lot of my customers use is this disease state. So disease state allows us to change this chart so that we group samples based on normal control disease state versus Alzheimer's disease state. So once you select a disease state, let's push that over. And then we can click on OK. So push that over, click on OK. Now we can see that we have one, two, three, four, five, six samples associated with Alzheimer's disease. And we have these number of samples associated with the normal control. And now we can start to look at, well, are there changes to some of these various different cell types? To get the legend, let's go ahead and click on this legend, and then we can see the different legends. So let's go back and see how we got to this point to generate this type of analysis. So let's go back to my slideshow. The first thing we did was we accessed the land by clicking on the land tab first, select land and accessing the mouse UMI B38GC24. We then filtered down the samples by first going to the project tab in the filters, accessing the disease metadata, right-clicking so that we only select the Alzheimer's disease samples, holding down the left button on your mouse, select all of these samples. We can then access all of the various different metadata associated for our samples. And remember, we can read the comments by either hovering over the fields or what a lot of my customers do is export that metadata. And we identify for today's purpose, this one four, uh, three, seven, five, eight. So it's actually this third one here. We can use the accession filter to filter down the samples to our project of interest where we can then change the view of the chart to the sample composition. Again, selecting the samples that we're interested in, we can compare that against the metadata that our team of scientists have curated for you to analyze. So this is the exact section from that comment metadata, look at hippocampus and the uh, prefrontal cortex matching the samples that we want, we can then 
filter based on the cell map unique ID, and then use the task bar to trellis the chart based on disease state, where we can generate the sample distribution of cell types across your samples. So using that show of hands button, how many of you would find this particular analysis to be useful for your data? So I can see that some of you have used that raise hand button. Thank you very much for that feedback. And again, feel free to rewatch the video today uh, to follow the steps again. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about how to generate these views. We're here to help you and we're more than happy to uh, do follow-up meetings. So now that we have generated this particular view, what else can we do? So I think a lot of users, when they're working with single-cell RNA-seq, they want to generate this T-SNP plot, right? So not only generating this T-SNP plot, but overlaying metadata so that we can evaluate what are the cells coming from our Alzheimer's patients and what are the cells coming from our normal control? So let's go ahead and jump back into our Omic soft. So remember to change the view of the data in our graph here, we can go to this select view. And to generate that T-SNP plot, let's go ahead and find this cell map dimension reduction browser and that's going to produce the TCD plot of interest for our experiment. So again, select view, cell map, dimension reduction browser, and that's going to change to our TCD plot. So the one thing that a lot of my customers really like to do is change this from a two to two. So imagine this as a quadrant two to two, but we can make this a lot bigger by using this drop-down menu and changing that to a one-by-one. One. So now we get a nice and big T-SNP plot to investigate and look through our data. So now that we have changed what data is displayed here, remember the other tab that we're going to use today is going to be this tasks tab. So that allows us to specify the coloring of the T-state plot. So if we click on this, right now it's selected based on this cluster cell type, but remember our favorite metadata of the day today is going to be our disease state. So let's go ahead and find our disease state metadata. So again, going to the task tab, specify columns, open up the metadata, we can click on disease state and click on okay. But this also highlights the power of the Omicsoft curators, right? Because we can color this tab, uh, this TC plot with any of the metadata that's in this chart. So perhaps you're interested in let's say age or sample type or treatment, let's say, you can color this T-SNP plot with any of these metadata because our team of scientists and our team of curators have meticulously 
curated the data for you. So let's go ahead and click on disease state, click on okay. And now we have switched the coloring from the cell types to our disease state. So now we can see that the astrocytes from here and here in our original plot, some of which are now, we can see distinct clusters in our Alzheimer's patient right here. There's one here versus our normal control. And again, we can go to the task tab, specify the coloring and change back and forth based on our um, interest, right? So let's go ahead and go back to our step-by-step -step guide to see how we got to this T-SNEAK plot. So to change the data that's viewed in Omicsoft, where what we do is we go to the select view, our cell map dimension reduction browser, where we can load up our TC plot. Remember one useful trick is to use this one by one to make the TC plot bigger. We can then go to the task tab, go to the specify coloring, open up the metadata, and color this based on our disease state. Searching to the legend, then we can see where the cells belong to in terms of our disease state metadata. So I think this is a good time to take a quick Q&A break to see if there are any questions that I can answer live. Thank you, Tim, for that uh, wonderful presentation so far. And so thank you everyone for typing in those uh, questions in the Q&A box. We really appreciate them. And so if you have any questions, please go ahead and utilize that Q&A box uh, located at the bottom of your screen and go ahead and type in those questions. And so one of the questions uh, that came up was, um, where can I find information about the lands that are yes. available within Omicsoft? So there are a lot of lands in Omicsoft. So how do we find information about those lands? So the first thing that we can do is if we go to the select land, you can actually hover over these lands and you'll get a description of all the various different collections associated with the Omicsoft land collection. So if you're interested in, mm, I don't know what this CGCI is, hover over that and you'll be able to get the description. Awesome. And so one of the questions that also came up is, can you just quickly review how do you open up and get started with Omicsoft? Yes, so for those of you who may be new to Omicsoft, Omicsoft GUI is a uh, software that you have a license to. Feel free to double click on that. Depending on your configuration, you may be in an internal server or the Omicsoft server. But once you've logged in, you'll be able to click on this land tab where you can select the appropriate collection of interest. And today, our collection of interest is the mouse UMI B38GC33. Awesome. So I've also launched a speedball just to let uh, Tim know how his pace is going. Um, so you guys can please uh, fill that out. That would be awesome. So another question uh, that came up was, um, can I analyze uh, my own RNA-seq 
uh, single cell data in addition to looking at the public data. Absolutely. So for those of you who may be interested in using Omicsoft as a secondary analysis software, there is this analysis tab, which allows you to execute all types of NGS analysis. So single cell is available within Omicsoft. And what is nice is that you'll be able to compare your own analysis against the lens analysis using the same pipeline. Awesome. So I've uh, posted a link to today's uh, slides in the chat box. If you guys uh, want to get access to those, uh, they're available within uh, the chat box. And thank you again for participating in the poll. It looks like your pace is fine. Um, so we'll go ahead and uh, let you continue as you have plenty to go over, and then we'll have another Q&A session soon. Thank you, everyone. And again, if you guys have any questions, please go ahead and type those in into the, the, the Q&A box. Thank you, Araceli, for moderating that Q&A session. And uh, thank you, Deb, Araceli, Brittany, for answering all the questions in the Q&A box. And thank you to the attendees in the audience for participating in today's webinar. I do see a quick question here. Can you show how to change the clustering resolution? So the clustering resolution is going to be based on the, the analysis that's already done. So unless you process the uh, samples yourself underneath the analysis tab, the reduction, um, the clustering resolution is not going to change in this case. And feel free to reach out if you're interested in how to run the single cell RNA-seq um, pipeline within Omicsoft. We'll be more than happy to schedule a follow-up session with you. All right, so now that we have generated a reduction plot. So let's go ahead and talk about the views that we've generated thus far. First one is to evaluate the distribution of cell types across samples. We then generated the TSNE plot by going to that cell map dimension reduction browser, where we use the metadata and color them based on our disease state. So, a lot of users want to know what gene of interest is expressed in what type of cells, right? So in this particular paper, the authors found that there is a high expression of GFAP in disease-associated astrocytes. So if we look at the plot here, Alzheimer's disease uh, animal models have this disease-associated astrocytes with an increased expression of uh, GFAP. So can we recapitulate this result within Omicsoft? So the first thing that we can do is we can look at how is GFAP expressed across normal versus disease clusters. So on the top here, you'll be able to find a search bar. And this search bar allows you to search for your gene of interest. So for those of you following along today, let's go ahead and type in our gene of interest. So again, the authors found GFAP to be interesting. So let's use that example for this demo. So type in your GFAP, and then once you're ready, go ahead and click on this pre-filled GFAP. So again, search for GFAP, click on that GFAP of interest, you can see that Omicsoft is downloading all of the data and displaying this as a default graph. 
For those of you following along, I'll also just mention that I'm currently using version 12.6 of the Omics Soft Studio. So your colorings may not be the same as my colorings, and that's okay. We can change those colorings by clicking on the color boxes here. Some of your default views may be a little bit different. But for those of you who already have Omicsoft installed with your institution, and you may be using an older version of Omicsoft Studio, feel free to let your administrator know that there is a newer version of Omicsoft available to use. So once we have searched for our gene of interest, and remember, we can check to make sure that all our filters are applied. So the cluster, based on the cell map UMI ID, if we go to the projects, we can see that accession, disease are both filters that have been applied. We can see that the percentage of cells expressing GFAP is our default view. But again, in this particular project, we have samples for normal control and Alzheimer's disease control, right? So what we can do is we can go to this task bar. So going to the task tab, we can specify the profile columns. So right now, each bar, each bar here is divided based on cell type of the cluster. But remember, we have our favorite metadata of today, which is disease state. So let's go ahead and go to the task tab, tab, specify profile columns, where we can open up our metadata. I'm sorry, that is colored on the top of that neurons. Select disease state, push that over, and then we can click on OK. So again, task, specify profile columns, expand your metadata so that you can select on the disease state, push that over, and click on OK. Once we have done so, now we can see that the percentage of cells expressing GFAP is increased in Alzheimer's disease mice in all types of cells, right? And perhaps the increase here is actually quite drastic. So again, going back to our slideshow, repeat the steps once again to search for GFAP. Let's go ahead and go to our search bar, type in your gene of interest and click on GFAP. Once we've done so, the default view is going to be the percentage of cells expressing GFAP. We can then use our metadata of interest by clicking on task, search profile columns, expand our metadata, click on disease state, push that over, and rather than clicking on an empty spot here, let's go ahead and make sure that we click on the OK button here on the side. Then we can divide up the samples based on Alzheimer's disease versus normal control. So now that we have generated a bar graph showing the percentage of cells expressing our gene of interest, let's go ahead 
whether our gene of interest is expressed in the violin plot. So generating the view on the right here. So remember, in order to generate and change the view of the data that is expressed here, or that is shown here, we can select our various different views. So in this case, we can select on our gene, RPM. Again, right now, the default view is divided based on our cell type. So to group these samples, we're going to perform a task. So using the similar idea, going to the task, task, specify profile columns. This is where we can search for our metadata of interest. Again, our favorite metadata for today is going to be disease state. But if you have something like age, dosage of treatment, et cetera, feel free to use another metadata of interest to group your samples together. So push that over and then click on OK. So using a metadata of interest, in this case, disease state, now we can generate a violin plot showing us not only the uh, distribution of cells expressing the gene of interest, but also the expression levels. Again, here we can see the Alzheimer's disease astrocytes, similar to what is found in the paper of the disease-associated astrocytes, seem to have an increased expression of GFAP. To repeat our steps here again, once again, what we can do is we can, let's get to the slideshow, select view, gene RPM, where we can perform a task, select profile columns using our metadata of the day, the disease state, push that over and clicking on, okay and that will generate our violin plot. The last view that we're going to generate today is a lot of users ask me, hey, Tim, is it possible to overlay the gene on top of our T-SNP plot? And of course, the answer is yes. So I think by this point, we know that to change the data that's displayed on this chart, we have to go to the Select View button. So by going to the Select View button, we can change this to the Cell Map Expression Overlay. And that's going to overlay our expression of GFAP on our TSNI plot. Remember this little handy-dandy one-by-one? Let's make that one-by-one one to make the TSNI plot a lot bigger. What we can do is we can change the scale bar here so that perhaps we can highlight the genes a little better for our TC plot. So right click on the bar, change color, and this is where we can change the high value. And I'm just gonna use 10,000. Our middle value, let's go ahead and change that to 5,000. And then we can exit all of this. And now we can really highlight the two clusters of astrocytes that have expression of 
um, GFAP. If we go to the taskbar, what we can do is we can actually switch the color based on profile column. The default is going to be the cell type. So if we go to the legends, we can see that this cluster is astrocyte. This cluster is also an astrocyte. If we go back to the expression, we can see that those are the two clusters that have high expressions of GFAP. If we go back to the profile columns again, we can actually change that color to our favorite metadata of interest, which is disease state. But for today, let's just go ahead and switch back and forth to help us understand not only the types of cells that may be expressing our gene of interest, but also the relative expression levels. So again, to generate our tasty plot of overlay, go ahead and go to the selected view, cell map expression overlay, where we can change it to a one by one, right click on the color bar to change color, where you can select the high value, low value, middle value, exit to really highlight the gene expression in your cell map. So before we jump into IPA and learning more about IPA, I just want to say that on Thursday, a lot of my customers really want to fully explore and utilize all of the software available at Kaijin Digital Insights. So for those of you who may be interested in how to generate additional views in disease land, in IPA, how to leverage the human gene mutation database, feel free to register for the webinar on Thursday, and we'll be able to walk through perhaps using these different disease-associated marker genes for biomarker discovery, target validation, and variant identification. So before we jump into IPA, let's go ahead and take a quick Q&A break to see if there are any additional questions I may answer live. Awesome, Tim. Um, so if you guys have any questions, uh, please continue to use the Q&A box, look at the bottom of your screen. So one of the questions that came up is how uh, can you show full change of the gene in disease versus normal? So one thing that you can do is you can use the comparison ID. So go ahead and go to view, and perhaps you may want to do a comparison of cell type versus others or all types of comparison. And this is where you can select the types of comparison that you may be interested in to see how GFAP is expressed in the different clusters. Awesome. Um, so another question that came up is, um, right now we're looking at a particular project, but what if I don't see my project of interest? Who do I contact? Yes, so we're always interested in what our customers and our users are looking for in terms of projects. So for those of you who may be searching for the projects in the accession, perhaps you may not see it, feel free to contact our technical support team. Our technical support team, the email is at the front of the slide, show ts-bioinformatics at kaiaj.com. Let them know the accession number that you're looking at. Let them know the publication. And if it passes our QA and QC, we'd be more than happy to incorporate that data set into Omics. 
Awesome. So I just launched a poll um, just to get your feedback in terms of some of the um, visuals and functionalities that Tim has showed in Onyxsoft. So if you guys just give us some feedback on that, that would be uh, really awesome. And I've also posted uh, the registration links to some of our upcoming uh, webinars, including the one that uh, Tim is going to be doing uh, this Thursday, as well as a link to today's slides where you can access all that information. Um, so one last question is, um, can I search for multiple genes rather than just one gene? Yeah, absolutely. So today we've done one gene at a time, which is GFAP. But the, for those of you who are interested in searching for multiple genes, go ahead and go to the advanced tab. We have search multiple genes, and this is where you can search for multiple genes uh, when you do your analysis. We'll be going over this feature on Thursday in disease land. So for those of you who are interested in searching for multiple genes and generating a heat map, feel free to register for Thursday's uh, webinar. There's also a very useful uh, feature that was just introduced where we can search for pathways. So looking at the expression of pathways, um, or not expression, the expression of genes in particular pathways using a heat map. So that is also a very useful and unique feature that we'll be talking more about in Thursday's webinar. Awesome. So you still have more to cover, so we'll go ahead and um, continue. But again, if you guys have questions, please go ahead and continue using that, you know, that Q&A box at the bottom of the screen, and we'll um, do another break at the end of today's session. Uh, thank so thank you very too. much, uh, Sally, and thank you all the attendees for asking uh, great questions in the Q&A and for participating. Um, so let's go ahead and go into IPA, and I'm very pleased to see that most of you find the software and what we've talked about today to be valuable, either extremely valuable or very valuable. So that's great to hear. So let's talk about IPA. So let's say we've generated our results in our Omicsoft, or we have found interesting biomarkers, interesting targets, interesting validations. How can we use IPA to look for potential mechanisms? So in this case, well, in IPA, we can look at how is GFAP related to Alzheimer's disease. We can use IPA's knowledge base to connect our gene of interest to our disease state. And in this case, we can see that there are many genes that are associated, GFAP and Alzheimer's disease. And every one of these relationships are connected to findings. So, all of these have unique PubMed findings, publication findings, consortium findings that you can actually go into and read up on the various different sources. We can also overlay additional information such as drug information and look at clinical trial information to see whether this particular drug has been used for Alzheimer's disease. So looking at drugs that perhaps can be used for drug repurposing. Using IPA, IPA is, we have a team of scientists, about 200 PhD level scientists, whose job is to curate the literature. So these scientists read papers and perhaps they read a paper describing EGF and EGFR, and they manually curate the publication for all of these various different points. And here is one for drugs. And again, 
manually curating all of these different fields. And at the point here, we have over 13 million research findings curated using controlled vocabulary so that you can leverage all of those relationships to build networks to explore. All of these contents are updated on a weekly basis with the latest clinical trial information as well as uh, manuscript information. IPA has also, also has over 140,000 pre-analyzed disease-relevant data sets. So a subset of the Omicsoft databases are also analyzed in Ingenuity Pathway Analysis so that you can search for them, open them up individually, or compare them with each other. So we can qu query these data sets using pathways, gene signatures, studies, explore the data directly in either Land Explorer or Omicsoft. So the choice is yours. So for those of you who have done a core analysis in IPA, using that raise hand button, how, new, how many of you have looked at public data sets within IPA using the search function? So I see a couple of you in IPA have played around with that function. That's great to, uh, great to see. For those of you who may have just performed data set analysis in IPA, you can actually go in and search for your disease state of interest. In this case, you can search for Alzheimer's disease, narrow down your projects of interest. You can double click on the analysis of interest to open up and look at which biological pathways are activated, inhibited, what are the potential activated, inhibited upstream regulators, and for those of you who may be new to IPA, we have a live IPA new user training on March 6th. Please feel free to register for that if you're interested in leveraging IPA and analyzing your own omics data with IPA. So please feel free to register and uh, we welcome and hope to see you there. And the last thing I want to also just mention is that again, from the public single cell data in IPA, what we can do is we can compare these various different data sets and generate a heat map to see what are the potential canonical pathways that may help us explain normal control versus Alzheimer's disease between normal control samples and Alzheimer's single cell RNA-seq. So let's go ahead and jump into IPA to see how we can perform some of these uh, analysis. So to log into IPA, let's go ahead and double click on our IPA. There is a security feature which logs out the users after a certain amount of time. So that's when I'm, that's why I need to launch um, IPA. So let's go ahead and give it a couple of seconds. So here is our quick start. For those of you who are new to IPA, feel free to explore the various resources here using the tabs on the left-hand side here. But let's go ahead and exit all of this. To build a network, for those of you who have IPA open, let's go ahead and make sure that we click on the genes and chemicals tab. And then go ahead and type in your gene of interest. And for today's example, let's go ahead and type in 
GFAT. We can click on the pre-fill um, term, or we can use the search bar. So I'll just call this YA, 1A. All right, so let's go ahead and click on search or click on that pre-fill term. And then we can click on the checkbox. So after we click on the checkbox, let's go ahead and add that to my pathway. And then we're going to create a new pathway. So this allows us to create a network connecting GFAT. So to connect to our disease state of interest, what we need to do is we need to make sure that we click on diseases and functions. So this is quite important because if we search Alzheimer's disease in genes and chemicals, of course, we're not gonna find Alzheimer's disease under genes and chemicals. So make sure we switch over to diseases and functions and type in Alzheimer's. So thank you so much for the pre-filled field because I probably would be not be able to spell this correctly. So again, we can click on the pre-filled term or we can use the search bar on the right-hand side here. So I'm going to click on the search bar, click on the checkbox. And here, what we're going to do is we're going to click on the checkbox, add to my pathway, and then we're going to add it to the My New Pathway, New My Pathway 1. So if we look at the side here, GFAP is in the New My Pathway 1. So by doing so, we're going to add the disease and function because we don't want to add all 1,266 molecules onto the canvas. So by doing so, we can click on OK. And now we're trying to make the connection between GFAP and Alzheimer's disease. So the next thing that we want to do is we want to build a network. So I'm going to advance a couple steps, but don't worry. Let's go ahead and click on this Build button. Using the drop-down menu, we're going to use Path Explorer. So we're going to explore the paths connecting GFAP to Alzheimer's disease. Once we have done so, let's go ahead and click on GFAP. And then we're going to add that to set A. So click on GFAP, add that to set A. We're then going to click on Alzheimer's disease. And then we're going to add that to set B. Using the drop-down menu, we're going to select from set A to set B because we want to know how is GFAP influencing and affecting Alzheimer's disease. So by doing so, we're going to search for all possible connections. So again, click on the apply button here on the bottom where IPA has determined that there is a direct connection between GFAP and Alzheimer's disease. Feel free to click on the checkbox, add that to my pathway, 
and we'll be able to add the relationship to Alzheimer's disease. One very useful feature is this little square button here, which is the zoom to fit. So if I click in on this, zoom to fit, all of our molecules and nodes are going to be fit onto the canvas. So this does not look like the network that we saw in our PowerPoint, right? So what we can do is we can always add additional paths. In this case, there are 44 paths connecting GFAP to Alzheimer's disease through one intermediate. So let's go ahead and select that. And this is where many of my users either will add all 44 of them, or for today's demo, let's go ahead and add about the first 15. So now we have our GFAP connected to our Alzheimer's disease through a first a direct connection, but also additional connections in the middle. For those of you following along, let's go ahead and change this to a hierarchical. So again, to change the layout, there is a change layout button where we can select hierarchical so that we can display GFAP with Alzheimer's disease connected through these intermediates. So I'm just going to collapse this, collapse the bottom, make it nice and big. So how do we find the relationships and the findings behind all of these different connections? Double-clicking on the line will give you the relationships window here on the side here, where we can see that there are, for P53 and Alzheimer's disease, there are six papers, six findings from three sources showing a correlation between P53 and Alzheimer's. We can expand on these to see all of the different findings and all of the research publications. We can also click on the link here on above, which generates a web page for all of our research findings. And let's go ahead and turn off the dark reader here. So again, double click on our relationship of interest. That generates a relationship summary here on the right where we can look at the individual sources, or we can get all of the findings using the link where that's going to generate a web page showing us all of the different research findings. For today, the one thing that I also want to show in this network is let's go ahead and go to the overlay button. In the overlay button, we can overlay various different things. And on Thursday, we're gonna play around with this molecule activity predictor. But for today, because of the time, the one feature I do want to highlight is this drug overlay. And this allows us to overlay the drugs associated with the network. So how do we sort through these drugs? Feel free to click on this little header to sort based on alphabetical. And this is where we can 
add based on our alphabetical order onto the network. And then we can see that they have been added. It seems like SLC6A4, uh, there are tons of drugs that's been developed to target this uh, cellute uh, carrier. We can add those onto our network. And what we can do is we can double click on these little nodes. And that's going to generate a IPA chem view page where we can now find clinical trials that may be associated with our drug of interest. So it looks like there are a lot of uh, pain, a lot of neurological disorders. Do I see any Alzheimer's? Mm, maybe not. So if this particular drug has a good uh, safety profile, perhaps this drug may be repurposed for Alzheimer's disease, or this drug may be used as an inspiration for something that may be targeted against Alzheimer's disease. So using that raise hand button, how many of you would find this drug overlay to be useful for your research? Okay, I can see people already jumping on that raise hand button. Thank you very much. Definitely a useful tool to find clinical trial information, absolutely. So the next thing that we can do is in IPA, remember IPA, we have all of these various different public data, right? Whether not only coming from single cells, but also other projects as well. So to search for those, today we have already talked about genes and chemicals. We have already talked about diseases and functions. We can access public data sets using the data sets and analysis. So let's go ahead and type in or tap the tap the data sets and analysis tab. And let's go ahead and type in, I like to use wildcard character, Alzheimer. Let's hope I spell this right. If not, please let me know in the chat box. So again, I'm just gonna zoom in very quickly. So notice how I have a star at the beginning and a star at the end. So this allows IPA to search for anything that includes Alzheimer's in the data set. So after that, let's go ahead and click on search. And now we can see all types of data sets and analysis associated with Alzheimer's disease. And we can see tons of Alzheimer's disease analysis. So if we look at this table, there are 31 pages here, right? So a lot of questions, one of the questions I get a lot is, well, Tim, I can't, I don't have time to go through all 31 pages. How do I narrow this down? So the first thing that we can do is we can narrow it down based on analysis. So there are 994 analysis associated with Alzheimer's. If we do that, we can narrow down our files. And then as you can see on the bottom here, we can narrow down based on projects, right? So we can narrow that down based on mouse disease. So these are going to be bulk RNA-seq, microarray, human disease, bulk RNA-seq, microarray, 
for human samples, very rare. We also have single cell mouse UMI. So remember, if we have UMI, that means that the data has been generated using a UMI technology. We also have human, and we also have a non-UMI technology for human as well. So let's go ahead and click on mouse UMI. And now we have narrowed down that list to something more manageable, right? So now we have narrowed it down. Let's allow it to search and Now there are five pages, so a lot easier to handle than the 31. Again, our team of scientists have diligently curated all of the samples and all of the analysis. So we can actually use these metadata categories, whether that's disease state, tissue, the type of comparison. We can use these different filters to help us choose the types of analysis that we're interested in. So for example, here, the first one is cerebellum based on cell type versus others. And then we can see here these the macrophage versus others. So we can use these various different fields to help us select the projects that we're interested in. For this one, it's interesting because it's astrocyte versus others. We can read the metadata here on the side, we can double click to open up the analysis where we can look at the canonical pathways of interest. So if we go to the canonical pathways, we can now see what are the pathways that are enriched in our data set and whether they are activated. So here, orange means activation or whether they are inhibited blue would be inhibited. So at least in the macrophage here, between Alzheimer's disease and normal control in the cell type here, we can see that many of these pathways are predicted to be activated. We can also investigate the upstream analysis to identify potential upstream regulators. Again, identifying biomarkers, targets, to see whether those are of particular interest. We can also select a couple of these comparisons. So I'm just going to go ahead and select the astrocyte. Perhaps, let's see, we want to compare that to the interneuron. Perhaps we want to compare that to another, um, another type of neuron. Selecting multiple samples allows us to add that to a comparison where we can view the comparisons. And this is where we can identify potential pathways that may overlap with each other to identify common pathways and perhaps distinct pathways amongst our different cell clusters in between Alzheimer's disease samples. And what's really interesting is that for this particular cell type compared to others, a lot of these pathways are actually activated. And then in this path, uh, cell cluster, they're actually turned off. So if you're looking for a specific compound targeting a specific brain region, perhaps these are the types of pathways that you would be interested in. To identify those genes, we can click on our heat map of interest and then generate a gene heat map 
to identify at the gene level whether the genes are activated, whether the genes are inhibited. And then remember, now that we have identified particular genes of interest, we can always go back to omics salt. And if we have the cell map browser, use the multi-genes view to go back and forth to help us really validate our targets. So thank you very much, everybody, for coming along today on our journey through Omicsoft and IPA. Remember, on Thursday, we'll be diving a little bit deeper into Omicsoft, a little bit deeper into IPA, and a little bit into the human gene mutation database to cover additional views and analysis that we can do with the software. So I hope to see you all on Thursday. And again, thank you very much for attending today's uh, webinar. Thank you, Dev, Araceli, and Brittany for helping all answer all the questions. And if you have any additional questions, I'll be more than happy to answer them live. Thanks, Tim. So I've just posted a, a post-training survey in the chat box. If you guys um, have the time to fill it out, that would be great as this gives us some feedback on how we're doing, how Tim uh, did an awesome job today. Um, so again, um, that'd be greatly appreciated. And so if you guys have any questions, uh, please go ahead and type those in in the Q&A box uh, and we'll be happy to take them. Um, so one of the questions that came up is actually regarding Omicsoft. Um, Can I access the information without the GUI? Absolutely. So all of the contents within the Omics soft lens, um, just use the show of hand button, the raise hand button. How many in the audience are data scientists and prefer to use flat files or an API? Do we have anybody in the audience using flat files, using API? Oh, we do have a couple. So you can always access the information in the Omics soft land using flat files and API. And again, if you're interested in how to do so, please feel free to reach out. We'd be more than happy to uh, do a one-on-one -on -one session with you to show you uh, how to build queries using either Python or R to mix and match samples for your downstream analysis. Awesome. And so another question uh, that came up uh, regarding IPA is, can you overlay your data into the networks that you built? Absolutely. Very great question. So although today we didn't have time to talk about the overlay, so let's go ahead and access to some of these little various different analysis. Let's go ahead. Under the overlay, you can overlay analysis data sets and lists. And this is where you can overlay your own analysis data sets or lists. So by clicking on add, you can add any of your data set. And I think I have some brain samples here. I'm just gonna use some brain tumor samples. Let's see what happens to that. So you can overlay your own data, or if you want, you can search for public data. So using Alzheimer, hopefully I spelled that correctly. You can actually add public data set onto this network as Awesome. So while that is loading up, um, question came in, I am new to IPA. 
what do those shapes and symbols in the network mean? Very good question. A lot of our new users are definitely uh, interested in learning about all these shapes. Go ahead and go to the help button. Go to the legend. And this allows users to access the IPA legend where we can learn about all of the various different shapes, colors in IPA. So again, help, legend. So help, legend. Something that is quite useful in this legend page is the molecule prediction legend, where you can actually download a high resolution version for your publication. Awesome. Um, so it looks like we don't have any questions in the Q&A box. So if you guys have any last minute questions, please go ahead and utilize the Q&A box to type those in. And once again, thank you everyone for joining today's session. Um, again, if you guys are able to fill out that post-training survey, just so let us know how we are doing, uh, that would be awesome. And that's again, gonna be found within um, the chat box. And then I'll go ahead and paste today's slides one last time. Um, so you guys have a copy of those and um, can they can, follow the step-by-step -step slides that are provided within uh, those uh, slides.